you know, Aaron Gordon is going to be huge for them because that's what mm-hmm. really what they needed was size and defense. I think that Denver has a real chance to make the finals. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode three of Burners and Basketball. I am your host, Molly Morrison, back with my co-host, Adam Aronson. Adam, say hello. Hello, everybody. Um, so first of all, Adam, happy Passover. Um, happy happy Passover. Passover to you as well. Happy Passover to everyone, especially you, Donis Haslenberg. I wanted yes. to give him a special shout out. Um, the Jewish community, he, <laughs> he means a lot to us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, um, so they actually, um, the heat got rid of Tyler hero. Um, as we all know, we're not going to dive into, the comments he made, because I think they've been discussed a lot. And I think there's a pretty unanimous conclusion that what he said was wrong. Um, so then he was sent to OKC, who just got rid of him for their 83 draft picks um, that they yep. have lined up. Which brings us to the topic of the week, the trade deadline. Adam, start us off discussing what something you took away from the trade deadline this year. Uh, to me, the most interesting thing was the whole Kyle Lowry situation where Toronto mm-hmm. kept losing. They even lost to the Rockets, who were on, I think, a 20-game losing streak at the time. Uh, and then, you know, everybody expected that Lowry was going to get moved. Raptors mm-hmm. Twitter, who I love very much, was practically eating itself alive. <laughs> uh, and then... It- it got down to like not even the final minutes of the trade deadline, like after the three o'clock deadline, we still mm-hmm. didn't know what was going to happen with Lowry. And after all the speculation and excitement about him getting traded and, Oh, could he make the Sixers a contender? Could he make Miami a contender? Could he go to the Lakers? After all that, he stays in Toronto. Uh, that was yeah. to me the the biggest, that's, you know, from a Sixers perspective, certainly that's what I was following the most. And I think it's, uh, it was pretty wild considering how much speculation there was. Yeah, I mean, that moment really had the potential to be the one of the most iconic NBA moments ever for pretty much all the good trades and all the trades came down to that Thursday, that last Thursday, which doesn't typically happen. But not only that, but for the main event to come down to what could have been the last second, what was the last second. Like literally, I remember I was refreshing my feed like, starting at 10 minutes before the deadline closed and I was just kept looking and then everyone's like, okay, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? They started clearing up roster spots. It really felt like we were about to get an atomic bomb dropped on us. But then Woj, who, by the way, can we, can we talk about Woj and Shams for a second? Woj, Woj had a good week. Woj had a good week, but I think that I need to say something about Shams that I need to get off my chest that I've been thinking for a while. Okay. He doesn't he doesn't credit his sources frequently. Never. 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 And like no one talks about it. And I really don't like that. Like as someone who knows young journalists, and I mean, I'm not really in the breaking news sort of side of sports, but I see how frustrating it is when someone takes credit for your stuff. Like even like when he was this icon for announcing that Trump had COVID, like the White House had announced it. it. So it's like it's he just does it so fast that people are like shams whoa but yeah the thing is you can do it fast while crediting proper sources yeah like when when teams put out stuff in a press release 
like it's very easy to just add on the team says at the end of mm-hmm. your tweet. My favorite uh, thing is when like Woj like subtly throws shade. Like I'll get a notification that Sham said something happened, and then he'll Woj will retweet someone from like got two, it before <laughs> from yeah. like two minutes before that actually broke it's the, the best. news. It is it, it is. is totally deliberate, and I love it very extremely. Much. And I just I don't see people talking about that fact of it so i want to hear what y'all think because this has been like eating me alive and i'm really glad i could say my piece about shams and maybe this is a little bit me hoping Woj doesn't block me on twitter again but Woj, i am declaring you my go-to my favorite twitter source um but yeah with lowry it was so interesting because like first of all is he going to be a free agent this summer yes he is so Explain is that to me like how so does the Raptors think that maybe he could stay there? Uh maybe. It might just be that they, you know, didn't feel like they had enough in the in the offers that they were getting to, you know, trade, you know, someone who I think they consider to be the best player in franchise history and you know the most important raptor of all time and all that. Yeah. And obviously he won a title with them now. Uh so it might be a little bit of that. Um because they are like going towards a rebuild and like a youth movement of sorts. So it wouldn't be surprising at all if he doesn't end up in Toronto next year. So that's really why I thought at the end of the day, they were going to trade him because even, you know, putting aside all the, you know, greatest Raptor of all time stuff, uh, you know, they probably only have, you know, 20 to 30 more games of him before yeah. he goes to somewhere like Miami or somewhere else as a free agent. And they would get nothing. And they're going to get nothing if he does that, right? So you think it was literally like out of respect. Like y'all don't think Tyler Hero or who's the guy in the Lakers that they don't want to trade? Horton Tucker. Y'all don't think they are worthy of this guy who is literally like an all-star, the greatest Raptor of all time. Um, we respect him too much to just be like settle for less even though we could get nothing for him i just i don't know i'm i'm interested in what the thought there was and i don't judge them for it because there is such love there and you, i mean you saw him being emotional leaving that last game and now it's kind of awkward i feel like yeah it was weird cuz he got all his flowers and every it was like yeah. it was almost like a funeral but now he's still alive yeah literally that's a great analogy and it's like everyone i feel like kind of said their goodbyes and then now they're just going to have to like go through that again right, i feel like exactly fans had probably like pretty much prepared for it and now it's like hmm yeah. Um, before we talk about who teams who did things at the deadline, I feel like it should be noted teams who didn't do things at the deadline um, or didn't do good things. So I because I just thought about a few years back when the Grizzlies choked at the end of the deadline and didn't trade um, Tyreek Evans. You remember that? Yeah. Oh my God, that was and he was. By the way, Tyreek is not in the league anymore, and I totally forgot about him. I yeah. really, I hope he's doing okay. I mean, I love Tyreek. Um, I think he got in some trouble with drug anti NBA stuff, but um, yeah, we choked that. And was there anything that almost happened with Oladipo? Um, this yeah. deadline. Yeah. Oladipo really got, I think he got traded after the 3 PM deadline, actually, or at least that's when it came out. 
Yeah. Because uh, he was kind of tied to the Lowry stuff because the number one suitor for Oladipo was Miami, but they were also trying to get Kyle Lowry, who obviously they would have traded for before getting Oladipo. Yeah. So the whole, you know, Miami's whole week was very weird and it ends up with them getting Oladipo, who should help them. Uh, but I don't think is the same level as Lowry in terms of, you know, someone who can get you over the hump. I don't think Oladipo is that guy. Uh, and again, it came down to, you know, for, it seems like we talk about it all the time now. They just refused to let Tyler Hero go. Uh, mm-hmm. Hero was uh, like on and off as far as the heart, James Harden discussions. Uh, oh my and yeah. And then they seemingly were not willing to give him up in any Kyle Lowry trade. And you know, you know that's probably why they ended up getting Oladipo instead. You're right. And I think they won in a sense because they were able to gain a player who could have a really good upside. You know what I mean? Um, without really getting rid of much. But it is so interesting with Tyler Hero. Because I do, I do respect the the um, tie to your young guy and the faith in your young guy because so many teams you see like before they even have time to develop a guy they just kind of send him away for an older star and so oftentimes you'll see young guys who aren't instant superstars or whatever float around a little bit I don't know I feel like with Lonzo it could have it might have happened a little bit where he yeah. he didn't really so I don't know sometimes. Not that that's exactly comparable, but you know what I'm saying. Because um, the reason everyone else is like, why are they so protective of him is because he's not up there with some of these other guys, some of these other star young guys, but the Heat really believe in him. And yeah. I don't know. I feel yeah, like- I mean, if I were Tyler Hero, I would feel, I would feel, <laughs> I would feel good right now, but I would also mm-hmm. feel a lot of pressure. I mean, right. you know, they, like, because every time he has a bad game, the irrational Miami Heat fan is going to be like, wow, that guy could have been Kyle Lowry. That could have been James oh Harden. But instead, we kept this guy. So that is oh a lot of pressure. And, and hopefully, he, you know, we've seen him uh, play well under pressure before. I mean, he you know, was yeah. playing like extremely well in the playoffs as a rookie. Uh, so yeah. he's clearly got it in him. And it's, like, it's clear why they want to keep him. Uh, yeah. I think we both agree that we would have parted with him in some sort of Harden deal or Lowry deal. Um, but, you know, like yeah. this is a really interesting challenge for him. And there aren't, you know, many guys who are so actively, you know, not in trade talks. Like you don't, you hear about the guys who are in trade talks, not the guys who teams yes. won't trade. But we have heard on several occasions now, Miami will not move Tyler Hero mm-hmm. under any circumstances. Uh, so, you know, it creates a lot of pressure for him and, and it'll be interesting to see how his career turns out now that uh, he's got to kind of take that head on. I mean, I honestly kind of feel that he like still like riding the high of the the bubble fog. I am someone who, you know, those players like you, I still like am like Jamal Murray is going to be a top five basketball player of all time. I don't know what it was. <laughs> Yeah. That, don't don't quote me on that, you guys. That's my bubble fog. I don't know what it was, but those guys who were good in the bubble were just like so good in the bubble. And yeah. I don't know, like Tyler Hero, like I was believing it. And like, it's so weird because 
both of those guys that were such stars are so young and had played the best basketball by far of their careers. And it's like, I feel like they had nowhere to go into the season, but down because of how high the expectations were. So I think, and here, and also here's another thing. I think that there is some merit to not doing the Lowry deal for um, Hero. I would have done it personally. I think I, there is an argument for not yeah. doing it. I mean, yeah. Lowry I mean, Hero, Hero is a very good young player. And Lowry is uh, older and it just depends. Yeah. Like, do they want to develop this culture with Jimmy Butler as the guy, you know, and then have him kind of help these younger guys so they can be in the picture for longer? Or do they want to go back to the finals? You know what I mean? Like this yeah. year. Um, and there's so many teams that are so good that like, what is Kyle Lowry being added to the heat? Is that really going to make them a contender again? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a similar spot to what the Sixers were in where it's like, you can trade a lot for this guy, but does it actually make you a contender or does it just make you slightly better? Uh, And, you know, maybe, maybe teams like the Sixers in Miami felt like they weren't quite good enough where Lowry actually makes them a championship contender. Uh, or maybe Toronto was just really asking for a lot more than anybody realized they would. Uh, yeah. But it's gonna, you know, it makes for a lot of interesting subplots. Yeah, I think free agency has spoiled a lot of these good teams a lot to where like they are very stingy when it comes to trades. Um, people don't really want to take risks as much. I feel like because yeah. you know it's like oh, like if we can get him here let's not offer up this person, this young person that could, and we can have it all. Um, Because there is this like emphasis on these stacked teams that like giving away a piece is so scary. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I made a joke on Twitter yesterday that the Brooklyn Nets signed me, which I'm here to sadly inform you all is not true. (laughs) (laughs) I was not signed. Although I can shoot and I can't really play good defense. So, so that sounds like a perfect fit for the Brooklyn Nets. If they want to give me a call, like, I'm I'm here. I'm interested. But like, I mean, okay. It's interesting with them. But the, you know, I'm going to go back into what I think about the Brooklyn Nets later for my hot take. Tell me what you think about the Brooklyn Nets. More specifically, what you think about this, all this to stop LeBron. I want to hear what your thoughts on that are. Uh, I'm just so fascinated by the whole thing of like, they just take anybody who will come that has like made an all-star game in the past Mm -hmm. and then like are just going to figure it out later. And they have like Steve Steve Nash is a first year head coach and they're just kind of throwing him all these pieces at once and being like, your job is to figure out how to make this make sense. (laughs) Uh, No pressure. Yeah. And it's a really difficult job. And, you know, Still, they have tons and tons of talent, so it's not the hardest job in the world. But uh, it's going to be fascinating to see what they look like when you know Blake Griffin's fully healthy, once Aldridge is fully integrated with the team, Mm -hmm. and you know if they get another guy when that guy is integrated with the team. Uh, It's really fascinating to see them just you know picking up whoever will come and just trying to figure it out as they go. Yeah. um, So they just picked up their most recent guy to pick up was. Aldridge, which 
And there's several teams right now looking for a big man um, to fill out their roster. I mean, I think that the NBA is so like guard heavy that a lot of times teams are looking for that extra piece, which leaves us. So Gorgie Dang Jang got um, just got, it was announced he's going to the Spurs. And a lot of teams wanted him, which made yeah. me really happy. Because uh, I, I agree with a lot of teams wanting him. And I'm a little bit surprised that it was so quick. Oh, I'm going to the Spurs. And I'm also surprised that some teams didn't fight maybe harder for him that are looking yeah. for that extra spot and pushing to go deep in the finals because the Spurs aren't one of those teams. Yeah. I've always been a Gorgie fan. I know you're a Gorgie fan as well. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, someone who could play the four and the five, he can shoot threes. He can protect the rim. Uh, mm-hmm. Really just like the prototypical role player, big man that you'd want on your team. Yeah. I know the Sixers would have loved to have Gorgie. Uh, Mark Stein of the New York times reported that they were one of the teams interested, mm-hmm. uh, but it seems like, pretty much every contender in the league tried to get him. Yeah. And it makes sense because he, you know, he helps contribute to winning basketball. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, he probably went to the Spurs because, you know, now without Aldridge, they probably have more playing time to offer than anyone else. Yeah. Uh, So I don't begrudge him for that, but it would have been nice to see him, even if it's not, you know, the Sixers, it would have been nice to see him join one of the real contenders to see what, you know, how much he would impact the race. So where do you think Drummond is going to go? I think Drummond ends up with the Lakers. Yeah, uh, I think it's pretty safe. Yeah, it seems like he... Yeah, I mean, if I were Andre Drummond, I would go to the best team possible, whether that's Brooklyn or the Lakers, and just, you know, be a good soldier. Don't hog the ball and do the normal Andre Drummond things. Yeah. Uh, just rebound, catch alley-oops, play defense, and then get paid this offseason. Right, right. And speaking of big men... um, I forgot to mention this to you earlier, but your guy, Dwight Howard, was... What a week. What a week for Dwight Howard. Um, Well, congrats to him for getting his ring alongside Danny Green the other day. Um, He was ejected two games in a row. You were watching them. You were covering them. Was that warranted? Or was, was... Is it... What's going on with him and the refs? I mean, I, yeah, I just so, need to hear more about this. So when you watch Dwight Howard on a nightly basis, what you learn is that he just like totally disregards the rules of the game sometimes and mm-hmm. will just like commit obvious fouls. And then when they get called, he just loses his mind. Yeah. He's just totally incredulous when it's like a pretty obvious foul. Um, yeah. He and Montrez Harrell were getting into it quite a bit when the Sixers and Lakers played. And like you said, this was right after he got his first championship ring. Yeah. Um, he and Harrell were getting into it. And then Dwight all of a sudden had a technical, like had a double technical and then Dwight bumped into Trez and they called another technical. Obviously mm-hmm. that second one means an ejection. <laughs> and then a couple nights later in the same building, this time against the Clippers. Wow. He was playing really well. He almost had a double-double. He had shot like 14 free throws or something very impressive. And then they called a foul on him and he got a technical and he kept talking and he kept talking and got another technical. It got thrown out again. So in two games at Staples Center in three days, he got kicked out twice. Uh, Not great if you're Dwight Howard, especially uh, when the Sixers don't have Embiid. Uh, 
Uh, they yeah. also, Dwight is really their only center right now because they traded Tony Bradley in the George Hill move. Uh, so they really don't have another center they can go to right now. Yeah. So it was, it was just Dwight. And then he got himself tossed early on in both games. Uh, yeah. And it, it's like, of course, funny to talk about because ejections are generally funny. And, uh, you know, Dwight's a funny guy. But on a serious note, like they actually need Dwight Howard right now, especially while Embiid is <laughs> Without Embiid, right. Yeah. So they actually need him. And then he got himself tossed twice in a row. That is not ideal. That is not ideal. So yeah, we got Embiid out. As we mentioned last week, we got LeBron still out, um, which leaves us to the self-proclaimed MVP, James Harden, who declared the other day. And you know what? I I love this. I love it. He asked, what was he asked? Do you know the specific? He He was asked about, I think, where he feels he is in the MVP race. And then he just straight up said, I am the MVP, which I, I love. The, the energy in that is yeah. very cool. Uh, and you know, I'm someone who, who hates cockiness, right? But if you're, if you're playing at that level, you are allowed to say it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, you're playing like just this insane basketball. When you're asked a question like that, tell them, tell them like it is. Say yeah. It. Say that you're the MVP. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, like he has a real case. Um, People Mm -hmm. are going to hold all the Houston stuff against him, which is probably fair, but uh, right. You know, this year, since he got traded to Brooklyn, he's averaging 26 points. He's averaging 11 and a half assists, which leads the league by far and nine rebounds, a steal and a half. And he's doing it very efficiently. Uh, He's just like when Durant and Kyrie have both been in and out constantly dealing with injuries. He has been an Iron Man. He is just always there and seemingly always yes. has, you know, 25, 12, and 10 whenever they need mm-hmm. it. And that's a Brooklyn team that has been just destroying everybody, even without full, being at full strength. And a lot of the reason why is because James Harden is so damn good. James Harden is so damn good. Um, before we go on, because I'm so, I'm itching to say my burner take, which is a segment we do where we each say, our burner takes or hot takes burners in basketball. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I guess, okay, let's touch on a few things before we um, move on from talking about the trade deadlines. There was a lot um, going there. Lou Williams. That was interesting to me um, to kind of just casually toss him into a trade as if he hasn't like bled for your franchise for yeah. like so long. Um I guess I just I don't like the moves the Clippers make. I don't I don't like getting rid of like the best six man ever, probably the best guy in the locker room, um, an efficient player. Even though you need you, Patrick Beverly, obviously wasn't doing the job. You do need a point guard. Yeah, but it's tough because like. Already, it seems like something isn't working there in terms of the chemistry, maybe. Um, And it just feels like taking out someone like that and bringing in someone else is... I don't know. I don't don't see this. I don't see them going deep in the playoffs. Um, You can remember this because I I would love to be proved wrong. Let's see it, but I don't know. Yeah, the Clippers are a great team. Uh. At, at the same time, like Lou Williams coming off the bench has been their like one constant, very good thing mm-hmm. for so long now, it feels like. 
And it's really only been a few years, but it feels like forever that he's been on the Clippers at this point. Um, Literally. So, yeah, I mean, to just kind of discard him uh, in hopes that Rondo gives you good minutes in the playoffs, which, you know, is certainly possible. But, uh, yeah, I mean, given everything that Lou has done with the Clippers over the last several years, uh, I was very surprised to see that he got traded. Um, Yeah, I think he was surprised, too. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been surprised if I were him. Uh, That was definitely one of the moves that uh, I thought was more surprising than most. Like usually when a guy who's really connected to the franchise is getting moved, there's sort of some buildup to that. You know, it's kind of in discussion. So out of respect, but I don't know, it felt like it was kind of thrown together at the last second. And he even said that he, in the moment he considered retiring, which is crazy to hear. Yeah. I guess you kind of got to go with roll with the punches and he's still has some, he still has stuff to give. So yeah, the good news is he's not uh, someone who isn't used to being traded. He's been quite a bit now. He's, he was moved to, he was, that's how he got to the Clippers to begin with. He was in the Chris Paul trade. He was traded from the Lakers to the Rockets. He was traded uh, quite a few times. Every team has had either Lou Williams or a Plumlee brother. That's right. Yeah. Or a Zeller. Or a Zeller. And that is, there's like 10, there's 10 Zellers and um, Plumley brothers. Like I'm, I'm convinced that somehow. And they all look exactly the same. And they all look and play exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'll, and I don't want to know, like just how I made it through, um, not to mention him, it'll quickly pass. Just how I made it through our former president's, presidency without knowing which of his sons was which oh wow. I, <laughs> i've gone through it's like it's like you kind of like turn a blind eye it's like i like not knowing this information i i'm gonna try to not at yeah. this point not learn it but okay um chicago almost had maybe like the best deadline any team has had in a while but they did have a good deadline they didn't get lonzo but they got I got Nick Vucevic. Vucevic. Uh, I didn't want to blow his last yeah. name. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm really interested in seeing what he looks like there because Zach Levine has had an awesome season, made the all-star game, deserved it. And so did Vucevic. And uh, having those two guys playing together should be really interesting. Um, yeah. It's quite a bit of offensive talent. Um, it is. And yeah, Orlando, Orlando finally just decided to blow it up. Right. Uh, I mean, between between Vucevic going to Chicago, uh, they traded Aaron Gordon to Denver, which I have a thought on later when we get to our our burner Mm. takes uh, and Evan Fournier going to Boston. uh, They finally are like moving on from this era of magic basketball. Yeah. Uh, Got a bunch of young pieces. They got Wendell Carter. They got RJ Hampton. They got a bunch of draft picks. Uh, so yeah, that was to me the most interesting team at the trade deadline as a whole, just because, yeah. uh, you know, not that it was like a really successful era of basketball, but this was an era of magic basketball that is now. And over. it had promise. It's, it's so tough when there's like any glimmer of promise or hope, you know, with a guy like Aaron Gordon to, it's tough to make that step and admission to yourself. Like this isn't yep. going to work. Why should we waste more time with this? Um, so I mean I respect them for going that route. I think it's I think it's difficult to do. It's, yeah. And it sucks. I mean I think Raptors fans are learning. There's nothing worse than starting over. 
Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> Especially, I mean, they fell from the top. That's that's something you don't see too often, a team completely falling from the top, like all the way to the bottom. So yeah, it's interesting because so many teams are always like, oh, I'm okay with the tank. I'm okay with the tank. But tanking sucks. Like, yeah, there, there have been seasons like I've never not wanted to win a game as much as I've. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, as a Sixers fan, I, uh, <laughs> I experienced many, uh, many years of tanking. Yeah. Um, it's hard. Uh, like I could say that from experience, it's like hard when you, it's hard to find like actual positive angles to, right. to look at when your team yeah. is playing basketball and it does often work out like, you know, the Sixers because they tanked have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Right. Um, and you know, all these other different pieces that they got either directly or indirectly through that. Uh, so it's, it's interesting because on the one hand it is kind of depressing. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, it, you know, might be a prelude to something, you know, much more, uh, you know, much more fun and great moving forward. Right. And I mean, my team got so lucky. The Grizzlies got so lucky. Like usually a rebuild can take like, I mean, we're not by any means as good as we can, but we have the key pieces that we're going to need just by two great drafts in a row. So it's interesting to see some teams are able to somehow pull the pieces together faster than others. But the ones that are drawn out, I mean, that you've seen it with like the Knicks, like that can last like, painfully long to the point where their franchise is just like thrown into oblivion. Shout out Knicks though. Y'all are y'all are crawling back out and very good this season. And I think everyone loves to see it except maybe like Nets fans. Yeah. Speaking of the Nets, let's go into our final segment of the show where we each say what we would tweet from a burner account. Y'all should tweet hashtag burner take right Take, yep. not hashtag take. burner take or tag at burners and basketball burners and b-ball it's in adam and i's bios on twitter at molly hannah m at sixers adam um somehow get us the get us your takes because we want to talk about those two seriously um i guess i'll start all right i've seen so many people be like oh my god like the nets like how hypocritical of people to talk about the Warriors and and LeBron when like look at what they're doing. And here's the thing. Just because you're throwing together skip skip. Okay, they got Harden, they got Kyrie, they got KD. That is the super team. Just because you're throwing in big names after that does not mean you're assembling the greatest roster to ever walk this earth. Like what they're doing is they're they're signing guys who have been great. But like, don't forget that like, just like people so often will be like, oh, Blake Griffin's going like it's over. Like, did y'all watch Blake Griffin on the Pistons? <laughs> he was yeah. awful. I mean, it's not like they're signing the, like, these guys that are in their primes. It's like, I don't think, I think the Nets could go have a great chance to go to the finals. I don't think it's an unfair assembly of players compared to teams in the past, personally, especially the Warriors. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't disagree with any of that. Uh, 
There's a reason that Blake Griffin and Lamarcus Aldridge were made available. They're not the same guys that they used to be. Right. It's so strange seeing. And, and also a little bit of a take. I think all this to stop LeBron it's kind of, there is some, it's it's such a dumb meme because it's not actually true, but there is some truth behind it. And I think it's kind of funny because like everyone virtually is like trying to keep the Lakers out of every year, not even just the Lakers, every year, everyone's trying to assemble a team to beat LeBron. And I think that's kind of a fact, yeah. even though it's a lot deeper than that. So I think... Though there is a little bit to those arguments. Okay, go on with yours. All right. My burner take is that I think the Denver Nuggets have a real chance of making the finals. Uh, If I had to say who makes it out of the West, I would still probably say the Lakers. No, be bold. Say the Nuggets. But but Denver has been really good recently. Uh, Nikola Jokic, in my opinion, is the MVP of the league so far. Yes. you know, that, that team has won, I think, seven out of their last 10. They're getting hot. They're up to the five seed, and they should pass the Lakers soon since they don't have LeBron or AD available. Um, they, we Obviously, Jokic, you know, we know what he can do. Jamal Murray, we've seen, you know, what you were talking about. Him in the bubble, he looked like one of the best players in the league. Right. And there's no reason he can't, you know, channel that version of himself at some point this year. If yeah. he could play like that in the playoffs last year, why can't he play like that in the playoffs this year? Yeah. Um, and, you know, Aaron Gordon is going to be huge for them because that's what mm-hmm. really what they needed was size and defense. And those are, you know, his two biggest qualities other than repeatedly getting robbed in the dunk contest. <laughs> um, so that is not a re- take. That's a fact. Yeah. That one, that one's a fact. Um, yeah. That was I the greatest bad. dunk contest dunk ever. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, no disrespect yeah, to Zach Levine. He's great, but... Yeah, Zach Levine, incredible dunker. But yeah, that was that should have been Gordon's dunk contest. Um, yeah, I mean, between the size, the athleticism, the defense, uh, he can kind of replace Jeremy Grant, who, uh, you know, was really valuable to Denver before he ended up leaving for Detroit. Right. Uh, so I'm really interested in seeing what they look like with Gordon. I'm excited to watch them in the coming weeks. And, you know, maybe it's too strong, but my, that's my burner take. I think that Denver has a real chance to make the finals. And you, you're saying this after the deadline, after they got Gordon. Yeah. You really think he made that much of a difference where you're putting him somewhere completely different? Or would you I have think, maybe I had there's them a chance there? that. I think there's a chance that he will become a better player than the one we saw in Orlando just from, cause like Nikola Jokic is one of those guys who makes everyone better. That's true. That's Especially with true. his passing and to have Jokic's passing and Aaron Gordon obviously could go catch an alley-oop. Uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting fit. I'm very, very excited to watch them now, probably more than any other team, honestly. Yeah. Um, and that's such I a likable team too. Yeah. It's a bunch of likable players. They're all fun. Even like Will Barton has always been fun to me. Uh, I think he's a former Tiger. He definitely is a former Tiger. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to watch the Nuggets. And yeah, I think I think they can be a real contender. Okay. Y'all hear, heard it here first. The Nuggets are your 2021 <laughs> um, NBA champions. But we're going to have to do an episode down the road at some point discussing 
I guess before the playoffs, we got to do our predictions because I've never done playoff predictions before because I'm so afraid of being wrong. And like, I, I just like to pretend that I was right because like, I don't fill out brackets because it's like, oh, like I would have had them. Like, yeah, I definitely would have had to pretend than to. Yeah, I would have had Oral Roberts go to the Sweet 16. Like, yeah. I, like, I just didn't write it down. But yep. <laughs> so we'll get there down the line. Uh, this was an exciting week of basketball. Every week is exciting with everything so packed together. Um, hopefully, we'll start getting more than one episode in some weeks if there's more content. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Do not forget to. Like and subscribe. Don't like. Subscribe, download our podcast, leave reviews, and rank us. And follow us on Twitter at Burners and B-Ball. And by ourselves at Molly Hannah M at Sixers Adam. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Molly Morrison signing off. And Adam, why don't you do the honors? Yep. Thanks, everybody. 